Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast. I'm Jack Murley, and each and every week, myself and my co-host, professional rugby player Charlie Beckett, cast our eye over everything happening in the world of professional wrestling in a show made by fans for fans. Coming up today, it's a case of goodbye Walter and hello to Gunter. What's in a name, you might think, but judging by the wrestling world's reaction to WWE's latest rebrand, it seems like the creative forces in Stamford may just have made a bit of a boo-boo, to put it mildly. Meanwhile, in AEW, John Moxley makes his triumphant return to Dynamite with a killer promo, Cody tries to cut one of the same, but maybe doesn't succeed, and whisper it quietly, but is the CM Punk-MJF feud beginning to fizzle out? We get into all of that on this week's show, along with the Elimination Chamber heading to Saudi Arabia, a money segment between Lita and Charlotte Flair on SmackDown, plus more Rumble fantasy booking, broken mirrors, ring roads, and so much more. All coming up right now on Earning the Push. It was all going so well. He's come over to America. I saw sort of imagine spending the best part of three, four, five years trying to convince this man he needed to move to America. You finally do it. He gets the shape of his life and go, ha ha, we're going to give you a stupid name. And I'm sorry if there's any Gunther's listening. I really do. I really am. It's nothing against you personally. But he's just, he is Walter. Like, he has been forever. He's this phenomenon. He's uh, just, and then you get into the nitty gritty of it, the bit that we don't want to talk about, the fact that last week, whenever it was, they took the copyrights to name Gunther Stark. And thank God someone did their research at WWE and they didn't use that on telly. Because Gunther Stark was a Nazi U-boat captain. A quite yes. famous Nazi U-boat captain. So thank God someone thought we'd best double-check on that before they called him Gunther Stark. But there's still that just completely surrounding it. Everyone, because of the internet, we all know that's what it was meant to be. What I don't understand, Jack, is why. Why they've done this. And I, I, I tweeted that, and our, our, our good friend Mitch Wadden replied to me on Twitter saying... It would be about them wanting to own the rights. They wouldn't have owned the rights to Walter. They own the rights to Gunter. But it just, it kills his push before he's even started. You've got a genuine phenomenon of wrestling here. One of the absolute best in the world. He's a future world champion, no doubt. The pe- people get behind him. And now I'm already ready for him to leave so we can get his name back. Yeah, we should say that WWE have neither confirmed nor denied that Gunter Stark Uh, story that is doing the rounds on the internet. Sometimes in this business, a non-denial is as good as a denial as well. And to go back to your point, why do it? Why? I mean, he is Walter. And and here's the thing, I think. If WWE had created him from scratch and given him the name Walter, we'd have all been going, well, that's a daft name. That doesn't work. But it's got all that equity from before. Why? 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 not as if he's done nothing in WWE. He's the longest reigning WWE United Kingdom champion ever as Walter. Is this, does this just show how little attention Vince and the powers that be pay to anything that isn't main roster and therefore they think no one else does? Like, what, what are we now meant to do? Can we not tell his story? Now, when it comes to Raw or SmackDown, can we not tell the story that he was WWE United Kingdom champion for over 500 days because he had a different name? Like, what, what, what do we do here? I, I I'm so confused by it, really, really confused by it. And it just, like I say, it was like when they brought Karrion Cross up and they gave him a strange outfit. They've killed this man out the gate. They've killed him out the gate. And the match was phenomenal. Him and Roderick Strong, unsurprisingly, put on a brilliant match. That's what I mean. It's, it was so what could have been. That's his proper first 
one-on-one match in the main event event of just a normal NXT show, not a takeover. He's almost debut on American Kelly. He's doing this brilliant stuff with Malcolm Bivens, which I'm really enjoying because Malcolm Bivens is excellent. And there's so much great stuff. And I'm like, oh, this might... You know what I thought, Jack? I thought, here's a reason for me to watch NXT again. I thought, here we go. They've got me back. And then just as quick as they had me, I was gone. So let's play. Let's play my favourite game of Devil's Advocate. Imagine at the Royal Rumble in St. Louis, Gunter comes down to the ring. Gunter eliminates everyone else. Gunter is standing strong at the end of the Rumble, and Gunter is the one to go on and beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Now, you've advocated for all those things under the name Walter. If you get all of that, but with the name Gunter, aren't you still going to be just as happy, or not? No, I'm not, and that's the sad thing. I'd love that, and to watch would be brilliant, but I, I just that sat there going, every time... Michael Cole said, oh, my God, it's Gunter. I'm like, no, it's not. It's Walter. No, and this is a, this is a silly wrestling thing, isn't it? Of, in my head now, he will always be Walter. And, I, and you know what? In six months' time, Jack, I might be saying, well, he's been booked so well, I can get over the name. But as of right now, it just it, it, it doesn't sit well with me. I can't see myself getting past this because I've got so much time invested in the character of Walter. And... Why do you now want to be called Gunter Walter? Give us give us some info. Don't just come out at the end and be like, the winner of this match is Gunter. If Roderick Strong had won, would he now be called Gunter? Was there a stipulation on the match we didn't know? The winner <laughs> is Gunter. Like, imagine that was the curveball. Well, it, I think I think that is that is the really, really strange part about it. I think everyone accepts that when you move between companies, gimmick names change. It it does happen. They don't really change that much after two, three years in. I mean, when did Walter, now known as Gunter, come out and challenge Pete Dunne? That was at a takeover that must have been 2019, I would think. So that that's the best part of two and a bit years. He's been Walter. Yeah, I, I think it might have even been earlier because he was, he was United Kingdom champion the best part of two years, wasn't he? So it might have been sure. as early as 2018, 2019, 2018. So he's been around for a long time in WWE. Uh, obviously, he's done all this work before that, but he's been here for, like you say let's say around three years, as Walter, they've obviously got plans for him. He's obviously coming up because you don't bring him over from Europe to America finally to not make the most of him. And obviously Vince has gone, well, no one's really paid much attention to him being called Walter. We'll change it now. No one's watched that silly WWE United Kingdom. And even though it, there is some credence to that because it probably is the least viewed show on WWE's programming, but I haven't watched that much of WWE UK TV, but I've watched them at takeovers and they get a lot of viewers' takeovers and everyone knows who Walter is from his takeover matches. People are going to go, yeah, people are going to go, that's not, it's not Walter. And you will get some, if he turns up in the rumble, which I think he will, and I'll be very excited when he does, people will be like, oh, who's here? I've never seen him before. But there'll be 20, 30% who are like, the, the pop will not be as big as it should have been because the Titan Tron will say Gunter and Michael Corby screaming, Gunter! And you'd be like, no, Michael, no. There, there, is, there is a question of, is Vince willing to ditch the equity that Walter had because he feels he can build more in Gunter? We're saying it's Vince. It may well not be him, but whoever in WWE has made these decisions. Uh, we threw out on social media your thoughts on this. Tom says, Walter going to NXT 2.0 had me curious to maybe try watching again. It probably sounds petty, but I've been following Walter. So changing his name to Gunter just puts me right off, especially while on the other channel, as we may talk about later, we have Brody King and Malachi Black appearing. Mm. 
I know what is grabbing my interest. And I, I think there's something in this, the idea that you had NXT, you gutted NXT, and you had an asset to bring eyes back to NXT 2.0, and then right at the end, you changed it again. I mean, it's a saying in my business, who are we doing this for? And you should always be doing it for the audience. And if you have a great idea, if you don't think the audience is going to buy it, you don't do it. Who's buying Walter as, as Gunter? I just, I, yeah, I despair, Charlie. And like I say, it's almost like they teased us because that Walter, as he was still, Roddy Strong match, was like NXT. I watched that and I was like, this is my NXT. It's hard hitting, it's brutal, it's realistic. There's a bit of character in Mal- Malcolm Bivens. This is, this is my NXT. And then Gunter happened. It's like going back to an ex. Yeah, exactly. Think, th- there's the spark. And then at the end, you're ah, oh, that's the reason it does, didn't work out. That's why yeah. we don't talk anymore. Yeah. Um, we're not going to bash WWE all the way through through this podcast. In fact, I've got some things I really liked in WWE this week, but I'm afraid we do have to go from changing the name of one of your main characters to allegedly a name you didn't realise was a Nazi war criminal to bringing back the Elimination Chamber and controversy abounds again because WWE on the latest leg of its Saudi tour is taking Elimination Chamber to Jeddah. February 19th, about one month from now, it's being promoted as its latest premium live event at the World largest pillarless superdome let's put the saudi element of this to one side mm-hmm. because i think we've done that enough on the podcast in that's the past. that's not going to change is it our feelings towards saudi arabia are not going to change so for the good of our show and the listeners we used to try and talk about the actual event i get that go back to any archive piece we've done you'll, you'll hear our discussion of that let's talk about the fact we've got another premium live event just three weeks after the Rumble, you and I were saying not long ago, it's quite nice to have a fairly clear road to WrestleMania from the Rumble. And we were both so naive, we didn't see this one slotting in. Yeah, it would have been nice to have a little a little less going on and build the excitement to Mania. Um, I actually really enjoy the Elimination Chamber as a stipulation match. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. When it's done well, I think that's some of the best matches. The storytelling elements in them are, are outstanding. I prefer this in that gap because it's just a little bit too long isn't it rumble to me to not have something i think would be wb's argument now three weeks seems to be a bit short to have it straight after the rumble you haven't got much time to build there use your elimination chamber to find your number one contender on the other side it, it just makes sense to me so if they do that i'll be really really happy and you look at it in more recent times this was where kofi mania started wasn't it for uh wrestlemania 35 so there have been good things quite of elimination chamber what I don't enjoy is when they have, let's say, whoever wins the Rumble challenges Roman Reigns, and then they put a Roman Reigns title match on the card at this pay-per-view because you know he's not losing. There is no danger there because they're building to that match. So I wouldn't have either the main titles defend on this. I'd have I'd have a women's and a men's um, elimination chamber to decide the challenges for the two titles that aren't being challenged from the Rumble winners. I think it's a pretty easy way to tell a good story with stakes and get a good match out of it. And then don't overpack the card. Maybe have the Intercontinental title defended on a pay-per-view. There's a wild story. Have the United States Championship. But give them some real... Give them 20 minutes in the ring. Who knows? So I, I would have five or six matches, including two chamber matches, and try and just get a really good pay-per-view. Now, they won't, because they're in Saudi Arabia, so they will go massive, because they always do. Yeah. We've got Goldberg, Charlie, with that one match lingering oh. on his contract, haven't we? I mean... I'd not we... even thought of that. 
Have we seen Goldberg in a chamber match since SummerSlam 2003? Lots of people around you, bit away to add a bit of buzz. It just occurred to me now, it, it wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility. Oh, that that'd be one very quick way to switch me off to it. <laughs> I like I like the rum of the um the elimination chamber match though. I, I really like the elim- elimination chamber. And if like you say, if you're gonna have something there, it is it is the best gimmick match to have there. I uh, this is where I feel bad because everyone says the new chamber is a lot easier to wrestle in than the old chamber. But I really love the old chamber. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It looked. It looked. It looked menacing and intense. Yeah. I really liked it. It didn't look like a bit of a bigger and slightly different size Hell in a Cell, which I feel the new chamber does a little bit. It looked very different. Um, yeah, and and everyone says, like you say, it's easy to wrestle and it's easy to film. You get better, but things like on the outside, the fact it's not metal grill on the floor anymore. It looks. It looks. I don't know if it is padded. I'm sure it hurts being slapped on the outside. I'm sure it does. It looked more menacing when it was just metal grill out there, didn't it? And you were getting backdropped onto it. it just, and the chains just looked, yeah, it looked a lot more savage and menacing. You'd be more scared stepping into the old chamber than the new one. But at least it's not red. Yes, that's true. That's true. Well, yet, thus far. The oh, moment. God, yeah. If, I, if a red chamber rolls out, <laughs> I'm like, no, you definitely do listen to our podcast. And it's, Man, do I owe you money or something? Because you take all the things I love. And break them and break yes. them. But let's yes. talk about something that we really liked in WWE this week. At least I did. I don't know if you did. But I really, really enjoyed the segment between Lita and Charlotte Flair on SmackDown this week. Because we were talking on this pod last week about if you're going to have Lita in or any of the legends in, make it have stakes. And I love the fact that they actually did that. An in-ring promo with Lita, Charlotte Flair comes out, twist of fate. Suddenly we got a little bit of story in it. I loved it. Yeah, and... The pop for Lita was brilliant, wasn't it? Like that that yeah. that's the sort of thing she deserves. Yeah. I like that she's coming out and being like, Yeah, I'm coming for you. You're you're the queen around here, I'm coming for you because of course she is, she's Lita. Yeah, I, I liked that a lot. I was a big fan of that on SmackDown. Uh, I also really, really enjoyed Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I said last week, they lead into the story and the history of Beyond Board and straight away they have. And oh, Roman ain't pulling his punches, is he? This man don't pull his punches for no one. The two things that stood out for me were when he just said, if I wanted to make that with a superstar, I'd call your wife. Brilliant. And then when he just said, son, I'm in God mode now. And you're just like, yeah, you are. And what I love about that is he's basically saying, yeah, you've known me for a long, long time, Seth, but you've never known this version of me. And he hasn't because none of us have. This is the best we've ever seen. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that as well. as right now. So who's the heel? Seth or Romans? Given, given you're coming out of that and you're going, oh, I, I really enjoyed Roman and what he was doing. Who's the heel? So they're both heels, but I absolutely want to see Roman Reigns smack the smirk off Seth Rollins' face. There'll be one man being cheered in that ring, and we're at that point now where Roman's too good at being a heel. He's too good, and you're going to start getting... Unless you're against a clean-cut babyface, you're going to start getting cheered. And it's easy to hate Seth Rollins because as much as we all hate Roman Reigns, we all want to be him. We all want to be Roman. We want to be the cool guy who can be that arrogant and get away with it. I don't particularly want to be Seth Rollins, do I? I don't want to wear those suits. I don't want to be a smarmy coward who runs away. Yeah, I, I, I think Roman, as we've said for many, many weeks on this podcast, is, we, do you think we've almost got going to WrestleMania? Let's assume we do somehow end up with, with 
reigns against Lesnar, which is nothing's convinced me so far we're not getting. We've almost got, and this is a big claim, we've almost got Rock Austin energy in the sense that neither are in clearly defined roles. They almost transcend face and heel. It doesn't really matter what Brock and Roman are doing. They're almost at that level at the moment, the way they're both performing, where you're just there for the statue, stature of the performers. They're both a little bit arrogant, aren't they? They're both just... They both know they're the best. They're the alpha male. It's two absolute alphas. It's two silverbacks, isn't it? Having, having a big old scrap. The only thing I would say is, I think, Brock, this is the most face Brock Lesnar we've ever seen. He's never been this babyface before. Probably since he came on the scene right at the start. Where he was the next big thing. Since then, definitely since his 2012 return, we've never seen him as this clean-cut of babyface. It's been a long time since we've seen Roman cheat to win a match. That he isn't relying on the Usos anymore like he was maybe six, 12 months ago. Although, it does feel a bit like Survivor Series at the moment is around the corner because everyone's just popping up on each other's show. We have, we've obviously got Seth over on SmackDown, which I love. It's like they haven't, they just haven't acknowledged that he's a Raw superstar. They haven't gone. Well, we lost our plans because of COVID when Roman got it, so we scrambled, and this is what we're doing. Um, but yeah, the Usos just turning up on Raw to uh, yeah. to give him a super kick. Like it feels like Survivor Series is around the corner. There's a lot of retconning going on. I mean, I thought I did think that with the Lita um, storyline when she said the one thing I've never done is win a Royal Rumble. This wasn't around in my day, and I'm thinking I've definitely seen you in one Rumble, Lita. Yeah. You you yeah. were there in the first one. I remember it. But You've had do you a know shot what? At this. Yeah, I but I think there's a degree to which we can forgive them for, for, for these type of things. No no continuing drama is perfect. I mean, Coronation Street, they recast the characters every couple of years and someone goes upstairs as one one face comes down as someone else. So I think we can forgive a little bit of that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm not getting too stressed about it. I think if you start picking holes in every bit of continuity in wrestling, not even WWE and AEW and anything, any wrestling, you will stop enjoying it. Got to just accept it. Let's talk AEW. We saw the return of John Moxley to AEW Dynamite after taking time away uh, due to alcohol issues. We saw a couple of big match announcements for Beach Break next week, including Orange Cassidy against Adam Cole in a Lights Out Anything Goes match. We've got a ladder match between Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara to decide the true TNT champion. And we saw Sting and Darby Allin main event against the acclaimed Sting's match, first match on TBS in about two decades. Uh, should we turn about talk about Moxley? Let's talk about that moment because he looked great. He really yeah. looked good. Yeah, it was just it, brilliant, wasn't it? It's just uh, there's not much to say really apart from this is real, real life, really, really happy story. Like the man has needed help, he's gone and got it, and I'm sure I I, I have um I finally remember who's recovering alcoholic. I know I have got quite close experience with it. You ask them, they're never really truly recovered. It's always something they're fighting, but. He looks brilliant and you just hope that he's a few steps into a full rehabilitation on his way to just being the brilliant, happy, brilliant John Moxley we know and love. And we can get him back in a ring and having great matches, entertaining. It was a great promo he cut and yeah, it was just great, wasn't it? Really, really just real life feel good. You know that John Moxley is back where some Egypt shouts out from the crowd. And I think that may have been our first F-bomb on AEW Dynamite, and he just calls that idiot out for what he is, and JR goes, well, he hasn't changed much, has he? And I thought, you know what? Okay, you might like your wrestling a bit cleaner cut, but I really enjoyed that, because the guy was just being him, and what more can you want? Yeah, it, it's just nice to see him back, as you said, be, being John Moxie, that's all we want. He's at his best, and he's just natural, and he's on the edge, and probably goes back, probably 
once once every now and again goes and gets telling off when he gets backstage. But that's that's what you want, isn't it? And just yeah, just really, really happy for him, for Renee, for the whole family. I'm sure the whole AW locker room is over the moon having him back. It's a better place for her. And oh, that roster's stacked. Just throw John Moxie in there, why don't you? And let's talk a little bit about um Beach Break. Because that's two huge matches that they're throwing out there. A ladder match between Sammy Guevara and Cody Rhodes. And then this lights out match between Orange Cassidy and Adam Cole. If I wasn't convinced that Johnny Gargano was coming in before, I am certain, absolutely certain, that Johnny Gargano is showing up in that match. Because it's a blow-off between Cassidy and Cole. It's lights out. It's anything goes. Cole needs a new feud to move on to. Gargano's home state. I mean, all the money in my pocket says that's where we're going. You Are you seeing him coming in and um, costing Adam Cole the match? I'm seeing him costing him the match, or I'm seeing Adam Cole standing victorious over Orange Cassidy. And no shame in that. It's a good win. And yeah. then the lights go off, or someone comes through the crowd, and we get Johnny Gargano. We we get yeah. that. Because you, you correct me if I'm wrong, because everything begins to meld into one. Wasn't there an equivalent of a lights-out match between Gargano and Cole in NXT, or was it the third fall of a two-out-of-three fall match? They had they had a two-out-of-three falls match, and the third fall was the steel cage match where they come off the top through the ladder. And it's just an excellent, excellent, excellent match. It's one of my favourites. I can't remember which takeover it's at, but it's two-out-of-three falls for the NXT titles. So there's plenty of history there, and they've had very, very hardcore matches, brutal matches. If if it wasn't for the obvious fact that she's pregnant, I think Candice was coming with him to have to go at Britt Baker as well. But I don't think they'll book that for obvious reasons. Yes, I, I think even though AEW is a little edgier, yes. putting a pregnant woman in a mixed tag match may may even be beyond them. But I I, um, I, I enjoyed last night's mixed tag match though. Yes, that yes, was, that good, was fun. good. That was good. And Britt going through the table, she doesn't mind a bump, does she? She doesn't she... mind taking a bump or two. Well, I think the last Lights Out match was between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. Here's something I was less keen on from last night. And I feel I 80% enjoyed and 20% hated Cody's promo to set up the ladder match. 80% loved it, 20% hated it. I loved the passion, the energy, the charisma, the cockiness. And then I was watching it just thinking, he's just going on a bit. It's just a bit too long. There's just a bit too many inside references. I really didn't like when he said the Young Bucks had restarted the Wednesday Night Wars with um, Red Dragon, and Red Dragon were learning to take hip tosses on Wednesday night when the Bucks were doing... You know, I just... They're on your roster, Cody. Build them up. I, I don't know who you're appealing to with that kind of rhetoric, and for the first time I've seen what some of the critics have been saying about Cody where... It's just a bit too clever for its own good. I get what you mean. The passion was great. Having him back is brilliant. It'll be a great match next week. But you are like, Cody, not everyone knows all these inside jokes. People are going, who are Red Dragon? Uh, there's, there's so much. Just don't make, don't overcomplicate it. it it's overcomplicated. It's trying to be too clever its own good a little bit, like you're saying. Yeah, I think that gets a little bit of switch off. Switch off heat rather than, ooh, you're annoying. It's like, what... What are you on about? You're, you're a little bit boring. The way I was thinking of it is is we've all met those blokes in the pub or women in the pub and they start with a great story and you think, aye, aye, this is a tale. And then you get two minutes in and you just think, Ugh, it's just, it's just, 
I was there. I was with him. I was with him. And then he was talking about contract status, this, and, and you know, I just, I don't know. And, and I think someone needs to have a word. Who am I to critique Cody Rhodes? But in my opinion, just less is more. Compare and contrast with John Moxley. Yeah, different yeah. situations, but less can be more. Could have been a minute less, couldn't it? Just 60 seconds less, and you're so much better, Cody. You're so much better. He's in a real interesting place, isn't he? And I think I sent you a screenshot yesterday of um, SRS at Fightful.com uh, saying that he's a free agent, which is bonkers. That he's not contracted to AEW anymore, that he's just working freelance. That's wild. But I wonder if that's the difference between being a talent and being an executive. Because I I, I don't know. I, look, SRS knows, knows his stuff. So if he's saying he's working without a talent contract, I believe it. But he isn't an EVP at AEW. I mean, the idea that he, two years ago, would leave to found his own company and then, you know, just leave that company again. I, I personally don't see it happening, but it, it is interesting. Here's something else I find interesting. I'm going to have a little little throw this out, see what you think. I'm beginning to tire of Punk against MJF. I said it last week. I said it last week. They're dragging this out too long. Can I tell you why as well? And I've just finished John Moxley's book, right? Mm, I saw that on your Instagram book club. Loads of books there. Go and check it out. And it's an excellent... It's like sitting next to John Moxley on a plane and just having him talk at you. That would be a wild plane ride, wouldn't it? Imagine that. There is no real structure to this book. You dot about. But one thing he's talking about is his feud with William Regal in FCW, pre-NXT. And one thing he was talking about was how in that feud, when he was Dean Ambrose then, was looking to get the attention of William Regal. Ambrose needed Regal's attention and Regal wasn't giving it to him. And when we started this MJF Punk feud, MJF wanted Punk's approval and Punk turned his back on him and walked away and didn't shake his hand. And at some point, things have turned. So Punk wants a match with MJF and MJF is avoiding him like he avoided Cody, like he avoided Jericho. And I suddenly thought, this is ass backwards. MJF needs to be chasing Punk. Punk doesn't need to be chasing MJF. And I, I just, I'm not enjoying it as much anymore. I'm a little bored of it. Like, oh, because it, it, it's, who does MJF roll out? Who does Punk beat? Who will he roll out next week? It's been the same for six weeks now. Like, this was so hot. And the promos off the bat, oh my God. Just capitalise on that. It should have been promo, 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 match. Like, we've, we've overcomplicated arguably the easiest story to tell in wrestling at the moment. Like, feed into MGF grew up worshipping CM Punk, but now he hates him because they're, they're vying for the same spot in the same company. Just I, It's just so convoluted now, and, and it just didn't need to be. And it's clever. It's clever booking. I, I, I'm, it's clever what they're doing works. But it was when I read that book, I thought oh, this is what it should have been. And we've spoken before at the start about how um, back in NXT, the Velveteen Dream was trying to get then Alistair Black to acknowledge mm -hmm. him. We could have had that and seen a different side of MJF. And because we've turned on a sixpence and it's not been that for a little while, and I don't know if I'm the only one thinking this because Andrew, a uh, regular listener to this podcast, says is actually Wardlow versus MJF the bigger match now than MJF versus Punk, which seems ludicrous to say, and yet, is it? 
Yeah, that's what I'm more interested in. I kind of want MGF to get done with Punk, so he can have a few reward at some point. And I kind of, I, well, not kind of, I really want Punk done with MGF now. Like, Punk has so many feuds to get through. Let's be honest, there's so much we want to see him do. I don't want to see him spend ages not even having the feud at the moment. It's, it's but not, this was the one, Charlie. This it was, was, it was. And that's why I think, I don't know if it is clever booking, because it switched me off, mate. It switched me off to it now. I was, at the start, well... I was so excited for this. And then, when was the last time you saw them do an unbelievable promo? We had the two weeks of them absolutely cutting each other to shreds. And then in six weeks, we haven't seen it again. So they haven't wrestled. They haven't done brilliant promo work with each other. What what are we doing with them? Like, these are two of the best on the mic with each other. Why? Like, I just I, it's, it's you said it was clever booking. I'm not sure it is. I think it's a bit stupid because you've got this unbelievable feud that everyone wanted. And now we're sat here going, oh, we're ready for it to get done with this for the next one. And we haven't even had the match yet. And I, I can't deny how I feel. And it, and it really was just reading that thinking, oh, man, imagine if after that missed handshake and that promo battle where they ripped each other down, if Punk said, no, MJF, you have to prove yourself to me. You have to come to me. And MJF, for the first time in his AEW career, was trying to get someone to acknowledge him and accept him, and that MJF, in showing doubt that maybe he wasn't better than Punk and we know it, went to a place we'd not seen before, and by doing that, then Punk went to his level. Why does Punk, all of a sudden, having walked away from a handshake from MJF, have to prove himself to MJF? It's It flipped, and, it's, and once you see it's flipped... The match loses some of its luster, and the fact we're sitting here going, we want to be done with this, it's a problem. It, it really is. It really is. And um, i tell you what's not a problem for me on AEW is Malachi Black and Brody King. I like those two. Why it's, did you say that like you were Oprah Winfrey? <laughs> big, big spooky men just battering people. This is Charlie's realm. This is what he likes. And Pac's back. I haven't seen Pac for a while. I like Pac. I like my, my little angry Geordie, mate. So he's back. Him and, him and Malachi Black, yes, please. And also, both probably got a bit of a point to prove because both probably haven't had the screen time they thought they would have in AEW. Right? When they both came over, they probably thought they were going to be pretty big deals in this company, and it hasn't quite gone that way for either of them, has it? So this could be a match and feud that really takes them off. Now, I think what we'll see, though, is I think we're going to see Malachi Black and Brody King go down the tag team route, which I don't hate. I don't hate that because... Actually, the tag team division in AW is excellent, and there are some brilliant matches them to have there. And I don't think there's any. When you've got a good division and it's treated the right way, there's no less prestige in being a brilliant tag team than being a brilliant single wrestler for me. I don't know what you think. So if they go that way, I don't mind that at all. Here's what I I, I think you're right. I think AW's built its tag division to such a point that that is equally prestigious. I think if you're going to send them after Jurassic Express for the tag belts. And you ever wanted to completely reboot Luchasaurus? They're the people to do it with. Because he is a big scary man with tattoos. And you could see Luchasaurus turning on Jungle Boy and unmasking and costing them the tag belt and crossing over. And that body shape and that size and stature teaming up with them wouldn't hate it and it would work. Haven't thought of it. Don't hate it at all. Really quite like it. 
Am I ready to lose a wrestling dinosaur for my life, though? If you are a professional wrestling fan, make it your New Year's resolution to help earning the push get a little bigger each and every week. There are three simple ways to do it. Firstly, rate and review wherever you're listening today. Secondly, subscribe so you never need miss an episode. And thirdly, share a bit of love on social media. A mention on your social feeds goes ever such a long way to helping this show grow. So go on, get those three things done. And while you do, we'll go back to the show. Let's move on to do some fantasy booking of the Royal Rumble. It's Charlie's turn this week. Let's throw in a couple. Uh, do you know what? We'll do yours first, Charlie. Then we'll throw in a couple uh, from the good folks listening uh, to Earning the Push each and every week, for which we are grateful. Uh, talk to me about your fantasy booking. No one liked my Stephanie McMahon booking last week, by the way. No, they did not, and quite rightly. Uh, so I went to set about it, and I started booking it elimination by elimination. I thought, no, probably not the way to go. I've, I've had to go back a bit. So how I've done it to keep myself to not going an hour long is for each Rumble Women's and Men's, I've got a winner, I've got an Iron Man slash women, Iron Woman, and I've got three face-offs or scenarios I'd like to see in the match. That's how I've done it. Otherwise, we're going to be here for hours. Okay. So, for the woman, Women's Royal Rumble, I would like to see Beth Phoenix win it. I would like to see Beth win it, and I would like to see her have one last run at or with the title. I think that's great. I'd like to see her go after Charlotte Flair, actually, at WrestleMania. Ooh, that would be a match yes. I'd like to see. Yes, please. Um, your Iron Woman is Bianca Belair. I think she's the best to do it. I want to see her in the match as much as possible. I think she did it last year. I can't remember fully, but I think she had this role before, but just do it again. She's the one for that. And three face-offs I would like in the Royal Rumble. I would like to see, obviously, Lita and Trish Stratus. Yes. Because everyone needs to see that. Everyone does. Now, Trish hasn't been confirmed as coming back. But if they haven't gone to try and get her with Lita coming back, then they are fools. Another one, I'm basing a lot of this around Trish coming back, her and Mickey James. I know they had it a few years ago, but it just it makes sense. With all their history, that's a face-off I always want to see. And then the one I'd really like to see, that I don't, this is the least likely, I believe, is I'd like to see the Bellas and the Iconics. Oh, so bringing them over from Impact Wrestling. Yeah. Imagine the pop you'd get if they came back, because everyone loves them. I think they are missed. And them and the Bellas in the ring together, I think would just be both comedic and wrestling brilliance. I think it could be real, really good fun to have there. And that's what I love about Rumbles. It's just little face-offs in matches. Now you say it, I want to see it. And now you say it as well. If WWE have gone to Impact and said, can we have Mickey for the night? There's nothing to stop them getting getting the tag champs as well from from Impact Wrestling as well. I mean, yes, please. I'll I'll take all of that. I'll have that, Charlie. You've sold me on that. That is what I'd like in the Women's Royal Rumble. In the men's, I would like it to be won by Biggie. I think it makes sense, and I want him back in the main event scene. And I'd like to see Biggie versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. That's a match I'd like to see for the WWE title. The Iron Man is AJ Styles, because can we please get back to the fact that AJ Styles is one of the best wrestlers in the world? Can we get back to that, please? Yeah. Can we see that? Can he come in at like four or five and be there until the final four? Like I would like, I'd happily see him and Big E as the last two. That, yeah. that would be my last two. And give them five minutes of wrestling together at the end. Because that's my favourite thing in the rumbles is when the last two, it started in the 2007 rumble with um, Sean and Taker, oh. where they just have a little bit of a match. They just have a match. I love it. Give me that. And the face-offs I'd like, uh, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but Gunther and Shinsuke Nakamura. I'd like to see them in a ring together. 
imagine if you just said, and you could have before this Tuesday, Walter and Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, okay. Yes, that would be amazing. Yes. Let's just pretend Michael Cole says yes. Walter. Yes. Side note, I meant to say it last week. Um, I also want to see one day Nakamura wrestle Brock Lesnar. But that's just a side note. I, it popped in my head last week. That's a match I'd like to see. But anyway, so Gunther, Walter and Nakamura have a little bit of a face-off and just kill each other. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Yes. And how it would go is they would start by teaming together and be eliminating people, and then KO would turn on Sami, and they'd just do that thing. they just punch each other in the, in the middle of the ring for ages. You know that? Just punch, 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 punch. I want that. And the final thing I would like, I would like a moment where there are only three men in the ring. There are three left before the next man comes down. And those three men are Big E, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods. Oh, oh, yes, and just please. see what they do. I don't know what I want them to do. I have no idea. But I'd just like to see what they do with the three of them in the ring, technically wrestling each other. You do nothing. They look at each other. And as the countdown goes on, Xavier lunges for Kofi, tries to throw him out. Kofi holds on, looks at Xavier, and Xavier shrugs. And then the hooter goes off and the next person's in and we sort of leave it there. Is it, is it a standalone? Yeah. Is it the turn or something? And you need, whoever came down, you need to be a big threat. Someone like Omos. Yep. Someone like Omos comes down who then they can't get out in the till. And then the time till the next person comes in will be really short. Yes. Because my favourite thing about the Royal Rumble is it's 90 seconds between each one. <laughs> no, it's however long they need it to be. If you... A fun game, if you're a proper loser, is go back and watch Royal Rumbles and just put a stopwatch on in between each entrance because they vary from 30 seconds to three minutes sometimes, depending on what story they need to tell in the ring. It is it is Rumble time is completely fictional, but completely amazing. Um, I like all of those. I haven't got any fault with with any of them. Uh, here's what Chris said uh, on Twitter. Remember, Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Merley. Our DMs are open. Chris says... Well, well hang on, hang on. Are our DMs open? That's Mine are open. Big... Are right, yours? Well, apparently so now. Just, just for just wrestling? Slide, slide on in there, everyone. For wrestling? Slide sorry, in. Sorry, sorry. Slide in with your wrestling chat. We want you sliding in like Titus O'Neil at the Greatest <laughs> Royal Rumble. That's how we want you hitting our DMs. All right? Yes, That's what we need. Yes, if someone, if someone comes to my DMs with that gift, they'll be my favourite person ever. Right, that's your challenge for next week. Spam Charlie's DMs with wrestling gifts. Chris says, uh, oh, this is a bit of a sad one, actually. Look, if, if events, says Chris, had taken a different turn this year, I'd have loved to have seen Jeff Hardy have won the Rumble. All the pieces were in place. It would have given him the final thing he hadn't accomplished in his Hall of Fame career, and one last run to a losing effort at Mania against whoever was champion would have done me. I suppose, had, had things worked out differently... That would have been a very exciting thing to have seen. And it's sad that probably that's never going to happen now. Yeah, it is It is a real shame and it is. it would have been brilliant. But did you see um, the Hardy Boys are announced for an event together? Did you see that this week? Sorry, I meant they to say are. that earlier. That's exciting. As They're much announced. as it's sad, sad to not see him in WWE anymore, it's exciting that I th- we'll get one last Hardy Boys run, I think, in AEW. And that's exciting. And the Briscoes uh, on social media continuing to tease uh, a confrontation with FTR is also exciting as well. Give me that match, please. Uh, Bex on this as well says, We haven't had, unless I'm wrong, a 1-30 to winner 
of the Women's Rumble yet. So if you wanted to inject energy into a stale division, line up one of your tenured stars to plough through it. Doesn't matter who, could be Shayna, could be Asuka, could even be an outside choice, like Beth Phoenix, that would be the way to instantly get energy into the Women's Division. Can't argue with Bex's point. Yeah, I think the Women's Division needs something, it? it needs something new, it needs a story, so someone just tearing through the Rumble, give them double figures eliminations like that. I do as well. So, good fancy booking this week. What do you want to do next week? Any ideas? Oh, would you like to book the Elimination Chamber? So, your who you'd like to see in it and what the stakes are. Oh, yes. Let's do some of that. Let's do some Elimination Chamber fancy booking. That is very nice. Now, can it be anyone from across any roster or, or from across NXT, Raw, SmackDown? Or do we have I, to do Yeah, I think, I think it has to be the on February 19th, who you would like to see in the Elimination Chamber and what the stakes are in them. And let's let's predict there'll be a men's and a women's elimination chamber because there normally is. Oh, will there in Jeddah? There should be. The women have been wrestling there. Yeah. And let's put men and women's. Let's put men and women's Royal um, not Royal Rumble. We've just done that elimination chamber for the nineteenth of February. Let's do it. Uh, you know the ways to get in touch. Uh, Charlie is, is thirsty for your DMs. No, uh, no, 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 no. Because no. you'll clip that up as well. Also, what about that last week? You didn't tell me you were clipping up with video. I didn't do my hair. I was just experimenting. I was just right. seeing what seeing what I could do. I may or may not do it again. What we well, will do. I've got do... my cap on this week. I'm ready for it. I've come I not. Sh- I was shining baldness. The, the light shines off my head into my camera if I don't wear a cap. No, it doesn't. What are you talking about? It doesn't do that. But bit of bit of um foundation is a trick I heard. That's that's. Thank what, you. Thank that's you. What, what I learned in my telly days, everyone needs foundation on. Uh, now, look, what we will be doing this week is earning the push and back to developmental. First or second, Mr. Beckett? Uh, I'll go first this week. What do you got for us? Um, so, back to developmental this week is the one-way system in Cheltenham. <laughs> um, okay. It okay. serves no purpose. It does not help the traffic. The traffic is hideous. But it re- it's always a bit of a pain. And getting across Cheltenham takes far longer than it should, but it came to light this week when I had to go. I had to do trips between my house, my partner's grandparent, my partner's grandparents' house, and my partner's parents' house. Now they are like a triangle in Cheltenham. Right. Now, they should take about two minutes and five minutes to drive. I was moving. What was that? Because I've got a bigger car. I was moving tumble dryers and I was moving cabinets. Is what I was doing for everyone. It's been a wild week. Right. Um, yeah. What should have taken? tops 45 minutes out of my day took me the best part of three hours because of the traffic in Cheltenham and the one-way system because I can't just go through Cheltenham I can't go through the middle I have to go right round there's almost there's a I was using a whole tank of petrol doing this so that's a bit of an exaggeration but the, so the one-way system in Cheltenham I, I gave Cheltenham Council a real prop to the week for how quickly they gave me my uh, my green waste bin but now, sort your one-way system out. And it there's is... roadworks everywhere at the moment. It is amazing how quickly this podcast turns into your gripes with the local government system. I mean, yeah. it is, it is I know really... Dan will be enjoying this because I'm getting grumpy again, and he, that's his favourite thing. But, yes, so the Cheltenham one-way system needs to genuinely go back to developmental, but it needs a good rethink. But here's a problem. Here's a problem. If they were, and for balance, there'll be plenty of people who think the Cheltenham one-way system is the best thing on God's green I, earth. I haven't met them. If you were to fix the Cheltenham one-way system, should it indeed need fixing, that's going to hold you up more. Fixing a whole one-way system around a town is going to take years to do. I mean, you're not wrong, but 
this 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 podcast is about made up wrestling. So let's not get into the nitty gritty reality and the facts, okay? Let's okay. not start doing that, otherwise I'll destroy this whole podcast from the start. Oh my god, right. Okay, right. Um, well then, then we will send it back to developmental. Yes. What's and getting the push? So I think you think I'm going to send the fact that I finished my shed to the push. Uh, give it a push, which I did. I finished my shed, and it is beautiful. Jack's seen the photos. He can attest to this. It is a glorious shed. It's, it's the greatest shed on God's green earth. I'll hear nothing else. <laughs> so Shawn uh, Michaels of sheds. It is, but that's not what he's getting the push this week. What is earning the push this week for me is my co-host, Mr. Jack Murley. Because you may be thinking, Christ, Charlie sounds crisp and clear today. I've never heard him like this. It's because, ladies and gentlemen, I have a new microphone. And you thought, ah, oh, finally Charlie has invested the money himself in a new microphone. Oh, contraire, listener. Jack Murley, very kindly, sent me a surprise present in the post this week of a new microphone. So I would like to thank him on air for that. And he's now done that thing where I feel incredibly guilty and now working out what I can send him back. That's the oh. game we play as being British people, isn't it? We can't just, as British people, we can't just take a nice present. That's... You're welcome. You're welcome, yes. firstly. Thank you very much to Mr. Murley. It's a lovely little thing. Um, it, it, looks it is very tiny, smart. isn't it? It's, it's... It is. It is. It looks very smart. It's on my very fancy uh, microphone stand of four books currently. Um, and yeah, no, so Jack, is one of the nicest chaps in the world, and I'd like to give him some props for it uh, on air. Well, thank you, but please, you're very welcome, please do not weaponise this as British people do, because there, it's like, oh no, you paid for this. No, no, I, mm. I paid for No, I'll get No, I insist. I, I think British people could... The, the thing most likely to lead us to a civil war in the future is not european issues it's not in it's not domestic issues it's who's going to pay for things because there is nothing more british in in other places i don't know maybe our global listeners can tell us about this but in other places someone says oh i'll get this and you go thank you very much but in britain you go i'll get this oh no you couldn't put no we'll split it let me send you the money no mm. you no come on now no look i don't want to get angry with you i mean what is that about uh, it's, it's bonkers, mate. It's bonkers. But talking of our global listeners, this is something I haven't discussed on air. Mm. It's my favourite thing is your little global fan base for your radio show on a Saturday morning on BBC Radio Cornwall. I absolutely love it. Yes, the good folks of Red Lodge, Montana have discovered yes. us. And, for, yeah. and uh, Fort Erie, Canada. And we got listeners down in, in somewhere in New Zealand. So God knows how they found us, but it's nice. Yes, I love it. It's brilliant. you got sent coffee that blows your head off by them. Um, I'll post yeah. that to you because that that's doing nothing here, and this is you know this is the business. This coffee. Well, that I will just say thank you for. But honestly, if we can get that sort of global fan base for this podcast, we'll be flying. Jack is a worldwide superstar on his local radio show. Oh dear! Right, earning the push from me. Good builders, okay? Yes. yes. Builders get a bad rep, and there are some absolute cowboys out there. But we have just, as you all know, moved house, and I have to say. The builders have been absolutely top banana. I'm not going to name them because um, there are too many to name, but they've been top banana. They've been excellent. Good builders are worth their weight in gold. They've been fantastic. Couldn't do more. Couldn't be more welcoming. Haven't charged us the earth. I, I think good builders, they need a push, Charlie, because builders get a bad rep and they shouldn't. Yep, yeah, no, I agree. We had, I don't know if I mentioned it on air, but our ceiling fell down a few weeks ago. I can't remember if I mentioned it on air or not. Did Foley had... come down after? Yes, yeah, we... no, he did. I was like, Mick, what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, so we had to have it replastered, and we had brilliant plasters. They were excellent. They were in and out in a day, incredibly tidy, incredibly affordable, and it just makes the whole what is quite a stressful time incredibly less stressful. I'll tell you what I didn't like, though. They didn't have a cup of tea all day, which I did not trust. Oh. I, I, 
I judge builders by how many cups of tea they have. Um, so the, the more the more tea, the more trustworthy a builder is for me. Maybe they just didn't feel comfortable asking to use your loo and they were just being extra respectful, you see. That maybe, be maybe. I'm going to throw into this as well, good removal folk as well, because... Oh, yes. Godsend. If you have someone who will do your moving for you, who is clean quick efficient gets it done they are worth their weight in gold so they builders and removal people getting a push will do double bubble back to developmental for me mirrors they're Ooh. going back to developmental i have broken two this week in oh the flat oh god you're so doomed yep they the first one i not the side of the shower getting out and we've got the mirror sort of is on a little hanging unit it fell straight onto the floor there is nothing so humiliating as having to pick up shards of glass completely naked so you mm. don't do yourself a mischief. And then I bought another mirror and I broke that mirror as well. How did so, you break the second mirror? Again, I knocked it, Charlie. I'm incredibly clumsy. Incredibly. Wait, stop knocking mirrors. This was in a different place because I thought if I whack it here, I'm not going to break this mirror. And I did. So... Mir- and I mean, what, frankly, does, what does your other half think of you just smashing up your new house? He just keeps saying, we'll go to B&M on the way home. Because he oh, just keep... he's being understanding. That's almost worse. You almost want him to shout at you at this point. Like, I know. have a go at me. I've broken two. You should be angry. I felt, and, and look, I, I am not the most body confident person in the world. I would live without mirrors if I didn't have to put my contact lenses in and do my hair. So the fact I keep breaking them, I keep having to buy them. Ugh, they're going back to developmental. Yes, well, off you go, mirrors. <laughs> right, let's One ra- day, mm. I'd like, sorry, if any of our really keen listeners out there would like to do this. Because I, ha- I haven't got the time or the effort or can be bothered. You're really if selling someone, this. <laughs> if someone would one day like to go... I imagine back to developmental, like Room 101 is how I imagine it. And I imagine that everything we've sent is in the same place. If someone would like to collate a list of all the things that have been sent back to developmental on our podcast and just live there together, that would be a very <laughs> enjoyable read. It's a big task. It, I understand that. But I've put the challenge out. It would be... I'm just trying to think what has been sent back. It would be Ring Roads mirrors gym jocks who don't help other people out yeah. um board games i mean i'm in there twice i'm there, there twice, twice. Yeah, yeah it would be it'll be a hell of a place to go to mm. uh look on that note we should probably wrap this up who would you like to see announced as a surprise for either men's or women's rumble uh this this friday on smackdown you can give me a realistic one who do you think we could realistically get I don't want to know it in advance. I, I just give me it as a surprise. Okay. First of all, please. But if you if you ask who I'd like to see in, I definitely want to see Corey Graves. Yep. Come in. I think that would be a really cool moment. I definitely want to see, like I said, my fans booking Trish and the Iconics at the Women's Rumble. Um, it's one of those years. I think I said last week. No, what? Some years, the obvious one that you want jumps out, don't they? Like the AJ Styles year, there was loads of rumors around him, like things like that. No one's. There's no free agent bumping around at the moment, is there, that um, brings to mind. If they wanted to announce Gunter ahead of time and build him before he gets there, I'm okay with that. If that's how they're going to do it, build him like, he's coming for the Rumble, look at what he's done, he's so dominant, all be scared. I wouldn't mind that, but no one jumps out for me hugely. What about you? I would like to see, I can't believe I'm saying it, but yes, Gunter, I would like to see. And Trish Stratus, I would like to see announced as well. I'm I am, never going to not want to see Trish Stratus in my life. I am as general. gay as they come. And yet, when I hear that laugh on her entrance oh, music, God. I can't deny, Charlie. I can't deny there is a little freeze on of there. She is some woman, Trish Stratus. She is, she is something else. And also, 
really good at wrestling, which gets forgotten, I think, because of her obvious sex appeal. She's yeah. actually, she, you watch her match with Lita from back in the day. They stand up now. That's that's what I want. Just those two in a ring together. I, you know, make them the first two. Make them one and two in the Rumble. Yes, Make that's Christian what we Lita one and two. We need to see it. Uh, we also need to wrap this up. Look, thank you, each and every one of you who listen each and every week. The best way to keep this podcast growing is word of mouth. So tell a friend, tell a colleague, share the love on social media. If you haven't already, rate, review, and subscribe. There is nothing better on God's green earth than professional wrestling. We talk about it each and every week, and we'll be doing it again for you next week. But until then, on behalf of Charlie and myself, thank you for listening, and bye-bye. <laughs>